What's up, Overcomers? Welcome to another episode of the Overcoming You podcast. I am your host, Josh Canuti. If you haven't done so already, hit that subscribe button, give us a rating, write us a review. We'd love to hear your feedback on the podcast. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Onnit. Onnit is a health and fitness juggernaut dedicated to delivering total human optimization to its vast customer base of athletes, thinkers, fitness gurus, and entrepreneurs. Through a wide array of products and supplements, Onnit combines cutting-edge science, earth-grown nutrients, and time-tested strategies to help people reach peak performance. Whether you are climbing mountains or biking down them, building businesses or closing sales, chasing PRs in the weight room, or running a marathon, Onnit is the brand you want in your back pocket. As one of the fastest-growing health and fitness companies in the world, Onnit refuses to bring anything but the very best to market. Whether it is their energy bars, protein shakes, creatines, or their flagship products like Alpha Brain and Shroom Tech. On its diverse lineup of products and supplements are backed by science and research. And you can save up to 10% by visiting onit.com slash O-C-Y. That's onit.com slash O-C-Y. O-N-N-I-T dot com slash O-C-Y. My guest today is Dr. Claudia Eppley. Dr. Claudia Eppley is a board-certified psychiatrist. She owns her own practice, and she also runs the TMS Health and Wellness Center. TMS stands for Transcranial Magnetic Stimulation and is one of the best ways, period, end of story, on how to treat depression and anxiety. And actually, you'll hear us talk about it a little bit on the podcast, but the Harvard Medical Journal on, I believe, February 23rd, 2018, put out a peer review study indicating that the effects of TMS treatment is twice as good as every other treatment out there on the market, every other medication, every other type of therapy to help treat depression and anxiety. And Dr. Eppley is one of the best doctors that you will ever hear from or had the pleasure to meet and actually she was the one that treated me or helped me with my TMS and helped me with my depression when I was going through it and is just a godsend to the medical industry. She got her doctorate in Mexico City. She studied at USC, went over to Harvard and studied and published. She is one of the best doctors but also one of the best people that you will ever come in contact. She is the epitome and gold standard to what I believe is a good, amazing doctor because she treats the person first and she does not worry about her her pocketbook as being a doctor or anything like that that a lot of other doctors seem to do in nowadays because she has an amazing heart and she will treat you right where you're at. So if you're in the Southern California area and you're going through depression or going through anxiety, look her up. Go to her center, and if you're not, if you're hearing this around the world, if you're in a depressive state, if you are if you have anxiety, if you've ever had that or know somebody who has, look up TMS in your area and find a way to hopefully get and you utilize TMS, but hopefully you find a doctor as amazing as Claudia because she has an amazing heart, she has an amazing doctor, and she will help you overcome for sure. So please welcome my friend, one of the reasons why I'm still here alive on this planet and one of the best people that you will ever hear in Dr. Claudia Eppley.
Dr. Claudia Eppoli. Yes. I am super, super excited to have you on. One, because the topic that we're going to talk about needs to be talked about, but then also you are a very pivotal cog in the reason why I got better and got out of my depression. So I feel <laughs> the the happiness um, emotion rising, so I'll try to keep it underneath. But when I saw you, it uh, it made me it made me a lot happier because because of what you and your center did for me you literally saved my life Mm -hmm. there's just no way no way about it it's there was a lot of other things that went along with it but it was one of the things that saved my life and so thank you for coming on (laughs) thank you for doing this country my pleasure it's my pleasure what we're going to talk about we're going to talk about tms and we'll get into that that later but i wanted to let everybody know so i want you to go down your credentials and tell everybody kind of what your specialty is and kind of go through because i think a really cool thing is that you've been a doctor in multiple different countries correct so go ahead and just give us your kind of credentials and don't don't be humble because i know you have a (laughs) lot of them so Okay, so um, I became a doctor in Mexico, and then I went to Mexico City to become a surgeon. I was going to be a plastic surgeon, and I went to one of the best places in Mexico City, and I did three years general surgery there, and I loved it. General surgery was my passion. I loved being a surgeon, and I wanted also to be a researcher because it was a passion of mine. And unfortunately, it was very hard to do research in Mexico because we didn't have a lot of resources. Mm -hmm. Long story short, um, I was a surgeon for three years and then the opportunity came to come to the US to do one year of research at USC. Mm -hmm. So I came, my hospital has a very good relationship with USC. So they connected me to USC to come and do research for a year. And of all places, I ended up in colorectal surgery department at USC. And I worked with Dr. Robert Beard, who is one of the most amazing surgeons in colorectal surgery, Um, Peter Vukasin, Adrian Ortega. And I was with them for four years doing colorectal surgery and research. And I came for one year and I ended up staying four years. They offered me one more year because... I was publishing a lot. Instead of one paper a year, I was producing two papers a year. Wow. And they just asked me to stay. They asked me to maybe stay as a colorectal surgeon later on. And after a lot of thinking, I decided I didn't want to be a surgeon after seven years of being in surgery because as a female, it's really hard. It's really hard to, to be a mom. And I wanted to be a mom eventually. So anyway, after being there, I published about seven or eight papers at USC. And then I decided to become a primary care physician, a family physician, because this will give me the most flexibility to do other things. I love surgery. I love procedures. And I thought I want something that will allow me to use all the tools that I've learned. So then I went to UC Davis and I graduated from family medicine there. And then I came to Southern California and I started my family practice. I did really well. I incorporated a lot of natural medicine because as, as, a, as a doctor, it's very sad, but I realized my patients needed more 
than what I was offering. Mm-hmm. Um, I had patients that, you know, didn't need hardcore drugs, yeah. but I didn't have anything else to offer. So I was so frustrated because I thought I, I need more training. So I came across natural medicine and I got myself certified in homeopathy. And this opened a whole other world because I, I treated kids and babies and okay. I'm very protective of little ones. So sure. natural medicine was just a, a better option for me at the time. So I incorporated both because I think not everything is helped with natural medicine, but not everything is helped also with prescription medications. Yeah. So I created a blend between the two and it seemed to work really, really well. So anyway, as I was doing my primary care uh, practice, I came across TMS and it was truly by chance 10 years ago. I just happened to Dr. Ginsburg at the time, she's one of my colleagues in my practice. She told me, hey, I have a, my best friend is a psychiatrist and he does this amazing therapy for TM, for depression. Would you like to help him? Mm-hmm. Uh, he needs a doctor because it's a medical procedure. So I thought, wow, with my research bug, I thought, absolutely, why not? So right. I got I got to learn a little bit about TMS. And at the time, the best course was at Harvard University. And he said, if you want to be trained on it, Harvard is the best place. So I went to Boston. I trained on TMS. Wow. And after I got trained there, I got trained by one of the best uh, doctors for TMS in the yeah. country, Dr. Alvaro Pasquale Leon. And, TM- and for everyone listening, TMS stands for transcranial magnetic stimulation. Correct. It's a it non-drug therapy yeah. for depression. And right now it's one of the best therapies that we have for right. depression. So you're in Boston. Sorry, continue. Go ahead. I, I'm in Boston. I got trained. Uh, I fell in love with the therapy. I thought, wow, we have access to the brain in a safe manner yeah. and it's effective <laughs> with little to no side effects. I thought, wow, this right. is amazing. So I came back and I started working with a psychiatrist in Beverly Hills. I would go to his office once a week to treat patients. And at the time he was treating workers comp cases who were in in a really bad place. And some of those patients I thought were not going to get better. But to my surprise, about 80 or 90% of them improved with TMS. And I was amazed. After a year of working with him, I told my husband, uh, th- this is something. This is uh, something like I've never seen before. I've never yeah. seen patients get better like this with medications. Right. Ever. With little to no side effects. So then I partnered with my best friend who's a psychiatrist mm-hmm. and we bought our first machine. This is 10 years ago. Okay. So I have been doing TMS for 10 years now. Okay. So um, I want to kind of take this in step by step, but I want to lay out for the individuals listening or the people listening that don't know what a severe, in my opinion, epidemic yes, that we have uh, going on, especially in the United States, but worldwide. So I want to lead, lead with some facts. And this is from the World Health Organization, so re- yes. reputable place. So depression is the leading cause of disability in the world. Mm-hmm. There is nothing nothing more debilitating than depression in the Correct. world. Correct. It affects over 300 million people worldwide that are reported. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people go unreported, which I'll go get to in a minute. Primary reason for suicide in the United States, on average per year, 41,000 suicides per year. Mm-hmm. Just to put that in, in perspective, relate that to homicides, people killing other people, 16,000. 
My gosh. So over twice as many per year yes. in suicide. So suicide is the second leading cause of death, ages 10 to 34. The fourth leading cause, ages uh, 35 to 54. A suicide happens once every 40 seconds in the world. Mm -hmm. uh, the youth depression has increased threefold in the last five years. Yes. The girls, ages 11 to 16, this one breaks my freaking heart. It's horrible. Girls, ages 11 through 16, has had the highest increase of suicide attempt related to depression. Women are more likely to have depression than men. Women are four times more likely to get breast cancer mm -hmm. if they have depression. Mm -hmm. um, 11 out of 20 veterans who served in Iraq have de depression. 12 out of 20 out of the Gulf War, 30 out of 100 in Vietnam. And then if you take it just from a business standpoint in the U.S., 490 million disability days last year mm -hmm. were due to depression. Correct. There's only 350 million people in the United States. That yielded $23 billion in lost work and $100 billion in an economical toll Absolutely. each year just from depression. I mean, that alone is a freaking epidemic it's, it's terrible it's now is num the number three cause for disability and by 2030 it's expected to be number one cause for disability yeah it's it's terrible and it's only getting worse right and and the sad part like you said anxiety coincides with depression yep. so anxiety and depression yes yes in our in our youth we have kids so many kids and so many teens with anxiety and depression it's yeah terrible and that leads me to our the bulk of the discussion today and actually going back to harvard so mm -hmm. harvard medical journal put out something on february 23rd 2018 and said that tms mm -hmm. was twice as effective mm -hmm. as every other drug or therapy out there on the market mm -hmm. twice as yes, effective. It's, it's it's amazing how well it works yes and how little people know about it it's incredible and this is the thing, it's FDA, FDA approved. Absolutely. And, but here's the thing, and this is a whole separate podcast that we can do on the issues that we have with insurance. But mm -hmm. I was looking this up, is that you can't get qualified for TMS through insurance until you've done at least four other treatments from Correct. as far as like drugs or therapy or something. So. Here you have somebody that's depressed, has anxiety. Mm -hmm. Here we have a FDA-approved thing mm -hmm. that works better than everything else out there, but you have to try everything else out there before you can do the thing that's twice right. as effective. Correct. And it has very little side effects as yes. opposed to the medications. Correct. It, it makes no sense. See, when, when this started many years ago, TMS has been around for 35 years. Right. Okay. It was founded in 1985, right? Yes. Yeah. And it was started in, in England, in London. And... Unfortunately, it's taking a long time for doctors to be educated. I came across TMS 10 years ago by chance, mm -hmm. by chance. If, if Dr. Gisbert had not come to my office, I would have never known about TMS. And who knows if I would have known now. Um, the problem that we have is that doctors try to be very protective of their patients. Why? Because we've been burned before. Sure. We have a new drug, new medicine. Here, try this. And then five years later, oh sorry it caused cancer yeah. you know i'm so sorry Oops. and you know it's we we have that all the time so we tend to be very protective we want to see things that work not for a year or two we want to see this work for a long time yeah. that's number one number two this is relatively new compared to 
drugs and medications, if you think about it, 35 years ago, but they had to prove with lots of research mm-hmm. everything that, that we're discussing now. And also, doctors are just being trained on it right now. All okay. the older doctors, they didn't know anything about it. And if you're so busy, you don't have time to go to conferences and stay updated, it's, it's very hard for you to know. Okay. And even if you know about it, you don't know, you haven't seen it working right. for your patient. So it, there's a lot of things that come into play. When I came across TMS, I will talk to people about it and they will look at me like, what? That's yeah. too good to be true. <laughs> it sounds right. too good to be true. It has to be, uh, I, I'm just not, you know, I don't, I don't know about this. Yeah. It took many, many years for people to actually spread the word, obviously through research. Mm-hmm. And about six or seven years ago, the insurance started to cover. Blue Cross, okay. Blue Shield, Good. which was huge. Before it was all cash. Um, last year, Medicare started to cover. Why? Good. Because it's no, lo- it's, it's undeniable yeah. how well it works, how little side <laughs> effects it has, and how much better it is for patients. It's undeniable that Medicare now covers, right. which is huge. This is fantastic. When I was trained 10 years ago, Dr. Alvaro got Medicare to cover in the East Coast. 10 years ago okay. because a, an institution like Harvard University had tons of research to back TMS. Yeah. And it took 10 years in the West Coast for us to follow. And, and a lot of areas in the country is not even covered yet yeah. by Medicare. It's, it's, it's been a struggle for patients and for physicians as well because physicians don't know it exists. Yeah. They don't know how to offer it to their patients. Most of the time when I had patients come to me, they found it themselves. Mm-hmm. Yep. Very That's sad to me to say, you, you yep. found it yourself. Found it exactly. Yeah. People say there has to be something else. They find it, they find us. Yep. Now, very few doctors send patients because uh, it's unfortunate, but now they're starting to become educated. Yeah. But I've been fighting this, fi- this, this battle for 10 years now. Yeah. So I, like we talked about a little bit before we started the podcast, I think this is going to be really cool because I want to get into some of the meat of it. Because you have a patient that yes. has fantastic um, real life application, and then mm-hmm. you have the doctor being able to say what's happening medically. So I'll tell you from a patient standpoint, when yes. you hear TMS and you hear transcranial magnetic stimulation, mm-hmm. you immediately, I immediately thought electric shock therapy. Shock therapy, of course. <laughs> so obviously that is not, not anywhere the near, near the, not the same in any way, shape or form. So go through what it actually does and then i want to go through the steps from my perspective how we did it once from day one but like what is it doing in the brain or where is depression in the brain and then how does that go in there how does it how does it work so let's talk about that so the reason people think shock therapy is because that's all we had in the past we just like you shock the heart when it stops you shock the brain right so unfortunately People will have some side effects with that, but it was very effective for depression. People will come out of depression. So it is completely different than TMS, except in the principle of stimulation. The same principle of stimulating the neuron applies with TMS. The way in which we do it is completely different. Mm -hmm. It's like having a CT scan and an MRI. You, both of them produce an image, an an X-ray, and one does it with radiation. The other one does it through magnetic technology. You can't have a lot of x-rays or CT scans because the radiation can accumulate and you 
mm-hmm. could have a risk for malignancy if you have too many of them. Okay. With MRI, you don't have that caveat. But because it's magnetic technology, metal is, is, is one of the contraindications. We'll talk about it later. Okay. But the principle of simulation is a very good one. You have <clears throat> a neuron that is not functioning as it should, right? Normally, a neuron will produce neurotransmitters. If, for whatever reason, and and, and most of the time depression is multifactorial, it could be genetic, it could be environmental, it could be, you know, what you lived in your lifestyle, whatever might be the case, if you have depression, you have an imbalance with the neurotransmitters that you have in the brain. Doctors try to replace the neurotransmitters with the medications, and sometimes it's like a key to a lock. It works beautifully. Patients do really well. That's wonderful. The problem is when it doesn't, go that well or people have side effects or they can't take the medication now you have an imbalance in the brain that the neurons are not connecting when the neurons talk to each other it's like a relay race right you have the stick you're going to run you're going to give it to the other person and the other person that stick is the neurotransmitters gotcha that's part of how the neurons communicate with each other they communicate electrically and chemically, yeah, right? So if you have neurons that are not working properly for whatever reason, you have that imbalance, the neurons are not talking to each other, right? When you have a neuron that is underactive, you come and you give a magnetic pulse and you activate the neuron. You cause a depolar, you depolarize the neuron and there's a series of changes happening at the, at the membrane level you have channels opening closing sodium potassium whatnot and that neuron becomes active is the polarized we do it over and over it's a daily treatment because we need that consistency to have the neuron become active yeah from underactive to active once the neuron is active it starts to talk to their neighbors start to communicate with them yeah right and that is a key key essential component with TMS because you need those neurons connecting. Mm-hmm. Those, once is enough of them, the, the areas, the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex on the left side, once enough of them are active and connecting, they can go into deeper circuits of the brain. Yeah. And then we have a biofeedback on your own. Naturally, your brain functioning as it should. Yeah, I think, I think you gave me this analogy. If it wasn't you, it would have been my... There is either way, it's a really, really good analogy. So to put it very simpi- simplistically for mm-hmm. dumb people like, like me, when depression happens, it's like you're driving home and you take the same exit right. to the freeway Perfect. to get home, same mm-hmm. exit. Mm-hmm. And that that is just the way you, you go. Everybody listening to this has woken up figuratively at their house and go, oh, I don't really remember that drive. Mm-hmm. Went the same way, same Correct. way, same way. Well, that off-ramp is negative depression thinking Maybe. it's anxiety Perfect. it's i'm worthless i'm feeling sad Perfect. i'm not doing enough i'm not pretty i'm not i don't have enough money i'm ugly all that, and you take the same exit mm-hmm. every single time and so tms slowly starts to break things up and allow your vision figuratively speaking your vision expand to where oh i could just take side streets home mm-hmm. and these side streets done with positive things in addition to it just like you go to the gym, you work out, you have to eat good food. Otherwise, mm-hmm. you can't go home. Correct. And eat so Rice, you go yes. do TMS. You have to do meditation, positive reinforcement, exactly. something like that. So you're instead of taking the same exit, all of a sudden it breaks it up to where you could take these side streets of positivity or you can get off 
the exit before, or you can go past that exit exactly. and get off on a di- another positive exactly. exit. And now you have more ways of thinking Correct. versus just this one way Narrow, of thinking exactly. non-stop. And, you can't, non-stop. and you're stuck in it. You can't yes. get out of that pattern. Yes. What, what TMS does, it produces neuroplasticity. So it's charging many pathways that, that might not have even been connected before. Yeah. Right? You, you are producing neuroplasticity and it's very important. It's like a fertile ground. Like you said, when you're doing TMS, you apply, you, you use therapy, you use mindfulness. It's like a fertile ground. Now I can put seeds of positivity, of other kinds of thoughts yes. to grow. You, you're, you're allowing them for, for, for them to grow. It's like people who have done years of therapy and it, it, uh, it works to a point and then they get stuck. It's not working anymore. They do TMS, they do therapy. Now everything clicks. Yep. They're like, oh my God, my therapist has told me over and over and over and I, I just couldn't get to that point. Yeah. Now it's like a bridge has been created and they can walk that path. They yeah. have other avenues, other side streets that they can actually use. Yeah. And they couldn't see them before. They were not even an option for them. Nope. But TMS is charging those pathways so they can actually walk through them. Yeah. Yeah. To the listeners, so I really, I fir- firmly believe that TMS, like, broke all the the callus on that brain, and it was the good things that I put in with it. So I want to make it very perfectly clear that it was not TMS alone. Correct. With TMS, I did, um, went to a therapist, talked talk to I found a good one, mm-hmm. which is a which very is hard key, to do. Very hard very, to do. Very, very yes. key, which is not an easy thing. Did that? I d- started meditation. Mm-hmm. I literally only watched like comedy movies and stand-up comedy, and I forced myself. I've always been at. I always went to the gym. I've always been athletic, mm-hmm. but I was in depression. I didn't. I just ate whatever you I want. Don't have motivation. No. So I, I started to eat right, and I started to go to the gym. So all of that together made me get better or get out of that suicidal ideation that suicidal state mm-hmm. because that's when i that's when you met me is days after that happened or weeks after mm-hmm. that happened so i want to make sure that everyone knows is that i believe tms is one of the best therapies Correct. or be the best would you call it a therapy or it uh, is a therapy yeah, yes the best therapy or the best option for depression mm-hmm. but encompass of the whole pie that's the best case scenario. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. TMS is going to do something for sure. Yep. It's going to stimulate those neurons. There's no doubt about it. But if that's all you do, you're missing out. You're wasting an opportunity yep. to really cultivate other things. Yeah. If you to just go to the you, gym and don't eat right, you are not going exactly. to be. You're, you're yeah. wasting a little bit of it. You, you're you're going to get benefits and right. results for sure. But you're going to get the best results when you eat well, when you're sleeping, yep. you know, enough hours at night, when you put all of those things together, I always tell patients, TMS is going to help, as it helps most patients, not 100%, but a lot, 80 or 90%. But when you combine it with therapy, with meditation, with mindfulness, mm-hmm. you need to process things in a positive way so you can close chapters and move on. Yeah. You know, everyone has a different story, but the more you dedicate to yourself, and actually take the opportunity right. to process the, the better. Does it have to be with therapy? It doesn't have to be, but it's, it's wonderful. Some people don't want to do therapy, that's fine. But mindfulness, yeah. learning how to meditate and how to speak in a different way to yourself is 
key. Neuro linguistics is huge. Yep. And how we talk to ourselves, it's very important. And most of the time, because nobody's looking, we abuse ourselves. Yeah. We treat everybody else with such grace and kindness, but when it comes to ourselves, yeah, completely different story. And that's one of the things that people need to be aware of. And yeah. when you change that, beautiful things happen. Absolutely. So two questions that I, that I have for you. One, I know that a lot of people listening, because depression is often thought of as, oh, you have a chemical imbalance. Mm -hmm. And so taking that a step further, a lot of people say, oh, it's a chemical imbalance, which is plausible correct. Or, or, mm -hmm. or correct in some cases. Mm -hmm. And it's a serotonin thing. But with these SSRIs, um, was it selective serotonin reuptake inhibitors? inhibitors? Correct. So those basically, in a simplistic form, make you produce more serotonin. If it was a serotonin chemical deficiency, then those drugs would work way more of the time. Mm -hmm. So depression isn't just a chemical it's imbalance. Exactly. And the reason why I want to say that is one of the things I'm trying to do with this podcast is relieve the stigma of mental illness or, mm -hmm. or depression or anxiety mm -hmm. or suicidal thoughts because it's mental health and physical health are no different in my opinion. No mm -hmm. different. You have to have physical health if you want the best life Correct. and you have to have mental health if you want the best life. Correct. But for some reason, when you say, oh, I'm depressed or I had suicidal thoughts, you go, oh, you just have a chemical imbalance. Your brain's just broken. That's not necessarily mm -hmm. the case all the time. Correct. It's a whole slew of factors mm -hmm. because if it was just a chemical imbalance, then these SSRIs would work better, mm -hmm. which we just <laughs> talked about in the beginning of the podcast that TMS is twice as good as those SRR, mm -hmm. SSRIs. So that I want to get out of the way. And then the other thing I wanted to ask you is depression, is it located in a certain part of the brain? Yes, the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex on the left side is, is like the gateway, gateway of depression. That's okay. where it all begins. It's not the only area that's involved with depression. There are other areas that are a little bit deeper, but it involves many areas of the brain. That area is the one that we target because that one, we can reach deeper circuits. Okay. Sometimes for some people, we need to treat the right side of the brain. For some people, we need to go deeper into the midbrain to target the depression. Mm -hmm. For other people who have addictions, we have to go above the eyes to treat their, their ruminating thoughts and, yeah. and, and that addiction behavior. So there are many areas of the brain that are related to depression, but the protocol that insurance companies cover right now is the left dorsolateral prefrontal cortex. There are many other protocols that when we do or treat patients without the, the bounds of insurance, we can do so many other things. Yeah. There's a specific protocol for OCD, for instance, that is way deeper in the brain and is actually FDA approved. Uh, so it can be treated or covered by insurance. Yeah. But there are many, many, many locations. Okay. Um, but like you said, there are many chemicals that are imbalanced Sometimes it's, it's, it's dopamine, sometimes it's serotonin. There are others yeah. that are involved. The beauty of TMS is that your brain brings you back to balance without us doctor dictating 20% yeah. serotonin, 10% dopamine. And, and that's how it seems to work best. Right. <laughs> when the brain actually brings you to balance on its own. Okay, cool. So now I want to go into actually I want to walk through my experience and then mm -hmm. along the experience, I want you to tell me what's happening medically. So sure. 
I came came to you, mm-hmm. and the first day, first of all, was it's hard enough getting in there to Absolutely. begin with. Absolutely. So I am very, very lucky that, and it's not to just shower, shower you with love, but it is factual. I'm very lucky that you have a heart for the individual mm-hmm. because there was no feeling of judgment. There was, it was only a feeling of, of helping. And so that's really, really key. And that's something for same thing that happens when you find a good therapist there's a Mm -hmm. feeling that you get with that person you have to connect yeah and so and not every doctor has that so real kudos to you because (laughs) you lead with your heart and then you have the knowledge behind it so it's a real cool experience from from me so i sat there went in there i think it was about 16 seconds before (laughs) um i was crying my eyes out because (laughs) it was just couple weeks finally got out of the house I maybe just took a shower after uh, you know my suicide attempt so we had a discussion and basically just kind of during that discussion what uh, we don't need to go in the details of it um, but during that discussion what are you looking for what are you trying to find from that first interaction definitely I uh, we obviously get uh, uh, all the history that the patient has medical conditions um, how the medications have worked for them, if they've taken medications, um, family history, allergies. We take all the intake first. And one of the things, if we're going to do this through insurance, we're looking for medications that the patient has tried. And we're, we're looking also how the medications work for them. Because having the patient tell us which side effects they had or which medications work give, gives us a lot of information on to what to go by. Um, so that the initial consultation is basically looking to get to know the person and see if they might be a good candidate for TMS. And what makes a good candidate and what wouldn't? Honestly, in my eyes, <laughs> if I could treat patients for depression, I will treat them all with TMS. Yeah. Because why not? Yep. You know, it's it's a it's, it's non drug. It has little to no side effects. It's an outpatient procedure. It's not a surgery of any kind. Absolutely. So yep. it's it's much better. You don't have many, or if any side. Well, you have some, but it's very minor compared to drugs. Yeah. So if I had it my way, I would treat everyone with depression. I mean, with TMS. But because we're buying, some people want to go through insurance. Then we we see how many they've tried. Like you mentioned uh, earlier, most insurances want you to have failed for antidepressants of different types. Like Wellbutrin is different than Prozac. Okay. They're, they're, you know, they have yeah. uh, some differences. So they want four antidepressants and two augmentation therapies. What does that mean? Yeah. That means you get something because this didn't work, we're going to give you something else. And there's some subtleties there. Some qualify as augmentation, some don't. So we're looking at that to see if if they might be a good candidate. We also want to make sure they don't have any contraindications because there are contraindications to TMS. Like we talked about uh, the metal, mm-hmm. metal in the head. Okay. is a definite no-no. You cannot do. There's a few exceptions as well, but yeah. in general, no metal. Um some heart conditions or neurological conditions are also uh, contraindications, but those need to be evaluated. Yeah. So we're definitely looking at all of those and also what the patient wants. In my center, as you know, we do many things. We do yep. neurofeedback, we do brain scans, we do functional MRIs, natural medicine, meditation. We have a, a variety of 
of things that we offer. So we want to know who they are and what is going to be the best for them. Yeah. For some patients, TMS is not the best. Some people are not able to get out of the house yeah. to come and sit in a chair every day, even if it's for a few minutes. Some people cannot do that. So we might offer a different therapy. Yeah. So that's what we do in the first consultation. Do you know, like attracts like, so maybe you're just surrounded with these types of doctors, but do you know how rare that is to be like, hey, come to my center and honestly look at somebody and go, you know what, this may not be the, the right thing and push that quote unquote money out, out the door. That's so rare, and I <laughs> think true. that's how doctors originally Absolutely. started. Like, Absolutely. oh, I can't really, really help you. Go over here. Now it's it feels like that it's just a bunch of money grabbing doctors, right. and right, they get right, all, right. especially with all these um, drugs and stuff like that. So it's really, really nice to have an individual, like I said, over and over and over. And I will say probably eighteen more times before we're done to have a person really out for the individual, not for their yes. business. Yes, we're, so we're probably different. one of the cheapest TMS centers yeah. just because we're, we're not about that, really. We, we, we don't. Right. So um, you talk to me. I'm a candidate. So what is your average? So what's the next step? The next step is you you created a... Um, a treatment plan. A treatment plan Correct. for me. But what's the average treatment plan uh, look like for an individual or how many times do you have to go and do this? And then we'll go into actually what it's like when you Definitely. go in there. So for someone who has depression and is someone who has failed medications or someone who does not want to try medications and they just, some people just want to pay cash yep. to avoid the, the medication uh, route, then um, TMS will be a, a core therapy for us for depression just because how well it works. It's amazing. Yeah. For some people who their core component is anxiety. Some people have severe anxiety that leads to depression. Mm -hmm. Some people just have anxiety and very mild depression. Then the, the treatment plan might be different. Then we offer other things like neurofeedback. We have a specific type of neurofeedback that works really well with that. We have an inhibitory protocol for TMS. So sometimes they just come, it's like a spa day. <laughs> we have them come two or three times a day. We do different things and yeah. they leave so relaxed. And sometimes that lasts a while. Yeah. We may combine TMS with neurofeedback. All of our patients, we always recommend mindfulness. Mindful yep. meditation is one of the things that, I mean, I, don't, I hope I don't have to say it, but it's proven to yep. do wonders. You live longer, you look younger. Yeah. It's, it's, it's just such a wonderful thing to do, to, to change that mindset yes. and cultivate the positive emotions that are so hard to, to have, right? right? You know, the negative ones are like a knee-jerk reaction. It's easy to get upset and whatnot, but the yeah. other ones take a little bit of work and we teach all of our patients how to do mindfulness, how to meditate. Yeah. And to me, that's key for all of them. Some people just might need prescription medications because we do that as well. I mean, like I said, they, they sure. can work really, really well. Some people need natural medicine. Some people need hormonal optimization. Hormones are so powerful, so powerful. Yeah. So I do a full hormonal panel. And based on that, I can tell them how to optimize it. And sometimes that's, that's the answer. Right. I also have a lot of patients with traumatic brain injury 
when you have traumatic brain injury, there's a lot, it's a cascade of things that go along with it. And it's very involved with hormones as well. So sure. that that's a more in-depth hormonal panel. But once we correct those things, maybe that's it. They don't need TMS. They don't need anything else because sometimes hormonal imbalances give you severe anxiety and depression. Mm. And when we see that and correct it, I tell them, yeah. you may not need TMS or neurofeedback or anything else. Right. And that along with a few supplements and they're good. Yeah. So it depends on, on what they need. We, we, we're not a believer of one size fits all. Right. And that's unfortunate how we've treated patients for many, many years. Yeah. And that's what I was so frustrated when I had my private practice because patients are all different. Right. And for some reason, I, I attracted a lot of very sensitive patients. There's a subset of patients that have all the side effects. All the research is because of them yeah. showing that they are super, super sensitive. So I knew they, they needed to be treated differently. Right. So in our center, we, we do that. We just customize the therapy to them. We do a brain scan before with a, a complete EEG. Mm-hmm to see how their brain is wiring. We do an interactive test, auditory, and, and they do some cognitive tasks yep. while they're doing their EEG. Then we get the results and we can better direct the therapy as well. Yeah. We've done a lot of things. We have a lot of new things since oh, you cool. left. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yes. So um, I know one size doesn't fit all, but what is a average number of treatments of TMS yes. and kind of what is that? average I just for the sake of the, the podcast for sure that, for like? for most patients it's 36 sessions and 36 sessions over over six to eight weeks okay a patient comes every day for a few minutes and it's Monday to Friday it can be from three minutes to 20 minutes we have different protocols and after 30 sessions which is about six weeks four to six weeks then we do a taper the last six sessions we split into three sessions one week, two sessions another week, and one session the last week. Yeah. And so just to tell the listeners or let the listeners know how, I say this in tongue-in-cheek, but how broken I was, Dr. <laughs> Epoli saw me and go, oh, normally we do 36 sessions, but you, <laughs> you're really fucked up. You're going to have to come. Four, so I ended up coming four times a day for about six minutes and then four or five times a week for, but I wasn't, I had the luxury of doing it. So that's yes. another thing. I was very fortunate that I was in a position to where I could pay out of pocket, yes. um, not to get into the details of the weeds, but it really wasn't that expensive. It was right around $5,000 or something, give or take, could be less, could be more. I literally don't remember, but it's somewhere yes. in that, that vicinity. So yes. really, really inexpensive for for the what life it does for exactly. The for it. See, so. and that's the beauty because you were able to do that. We were able to customize yep. the therapy just for you and what you needed at yeah. that time. And and just like you say, we sometimes do accelerated protocols yeah. for people that are really in a bind and they need to get well fast. Yep. We can do that that kind of protocol, and people get better in a fraction of the time. Yeah. And and you know it's. It's really nice to see. We sometimes have patients that drive from San Diego and they're only here for a week and they're able to do that. Yeah. Or they come from other places and they're only here for a week. Yeah. We're able to customize the therapy for them. 
Yeah, so to anybody listening, if you have the ability, I don't want to get financial advice, but if you have the ability and you don't have the, the cash, do a credit card, do the accelerated rate, or do the whatever's best for that the doctor per, uh, prescribes or prescribes, and get it because it will change Correct. your life. It changed my life. It saved my life. I mean, period and story. It it did. Mm-hmm. So now let's walk in. So we have that treatment plan set. Mm-hmm. I walk in, and you sit me down, and you have me put my my <laughs> right hand or my left hand on it my knee. It was the right because we're simulating the left. Okay. So <laughs> my right hand upwards, so uh-huh. my palm is facing the ceiling, and you put this. It looks like a, you know, like the classic cartoon bone shape. Uh-huh. So the end of the bone shape, um, white thing on my head the coil uh-huh. the coil on my head mm-hmm. and what is what are you doing and what are you trying to find because you were waiting until my finger twitched yes so what are you doing there what's okay. that doing so what i'm doing is i'm delivering a magnetic pulse directly to the motor cortex the motor cortex is is an area in the brain farther back from where we treat patients and in which all our body is represented okay our hands our legs everything we look for the hand because we want to see that twitch. We want to make sure we're activating the neurons. We're definitely stimulating them, not just guessing, oh, I hope I'm reaching the neurons, right? We, we need physical proof okay. that we're reaching the neurons. Got it. So we know in the past when TMS started, we had a rule of thumb. There are a few centimeters forward from that area. We could locate like a GPS. We could look, locate the dorsolateral prefrontal cortex. So we will go to the hand. The first machine that started was Neurostar, and okay. that's the one. I, I, I have all of the machines because I've kept up with all the technology, but at the time with Neurostar, it was a little bit more superficial, but it, it was looking for the thumb. So we would stimulate the thumb, and when we found it, we wanted to know how much stimulation that patient needed. We don't want to give them too much or too little. Right. We want to know exactly what that particular patient needs. Once we know, then we move to the f- to the area that we're going to treat in the front, and and that's what you were experiencing. Yeah, the moving, the twitching, twitching. Yeah. exactly. And we went from one and the other until we got exactly where we needed to go. Yep. That's that's very important to be at a center that's experienced yeah. doing TMS because that um, makes a difference. As years have gone by, now we have other tools to find the area that's more accurate. Um, but anyway. Yeah. So, and then after that, um, maybe at the same time or after, I'm not sure, what you do is you put like pretty much a swimmer's cap, but it's just made out of cotton. It's not mm-hmm. real tight mm-hmm. or anything like that. Correct. Put a swimmer's cap on there. It basically X marks the spot. <laughs> right. Or we less. do some markings there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> so you put that in there. So when I would come back, I would put my cap on. Mm-hmm. It had my name on it. My cap on it. Mm-hmm. had my X marks the spot on the part where you put the coil correct on, mm-hmm. and then you would turn on the machine mm-hmm. and on that machine you're putting a magnetic pulse is correct. there a strength that it's correct absolutely so what, how is that first of all how is that strength is it like megahertz is it i don't i don't know there hurts yes hurts? Okay. so we have simulatory pulses and inhibitory pulses we have a 10 hertz protocol which is a stimulatory Okay. protocol and yeah. then we have inhibitory pulses we use a different hertz it's a one hertz 
as time goes by, TMS has changed a lot. Now we have stronger protocols. We have 30 hertz, we have 20 hertz, we have 50 hertz. Oh, wow. We have theta burst at 50 hertz that delivers a higher frequency of pulses very rapidly. And um, it, it's, it's, it's a wonderful protocol as well, but it goes by hertz. Now, when we're giving the pulse, we have we have a dial where we can go up and down in the power. Some people, we call it a motor threshold. Each patient has a level at which or where their neurons respond. Oh, okay. It's Got all it. unique. It's different. It doesn't mean anything. It's not that it's better or worse to have it high or low. It's just what it is, basically. We want to know where yours is. Yeah. And that's what we're testing. But I, I'm tougher because mine was higher, right? So I'm of course. Yeah. Oh, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Probably smarter. Yes, yes. See? So, I knew I liked you. <laughs> so what it is, is we want to know exactly the level that your brain responds. And that's exactly what we're going to treat yeah. at. We check the level as we go along because it sometimes changes. It can go up or it can go down. Sometimes it stays the same. But we don't want to over-treat you. We don't want to under-treat you. Right. So you got the spot, got the, um, the white cap. swimmer's cap mm -hmm, on, got mm -hmm. the eczema at the spot. So I came and I would come and I would do, I think it was like six or seven minutes, put the coil on X marks the spot and double check, make sure that it was the right um, location. And then for everyone listening, it literally felt like maybe it just felt like somebody tapping mm -hmm. on my my head it did yes. not hurt in any way shape or form there really? was no elec Nothing. electric shock so no I no make god sure. no absolutely yeah, no i just no want to reiterate absolutely but it literally just like a little yeah like somebody grabs a pencil and he's tap. tapping you in yeah. the head that's it and the only other thing that's going on in that in that room you're in a full doctor's chair and the coil is kind of behind so you can't really see and then you hear the noise kind mm -hmm. of like a a knocking mm -hmm. and whatever that that is for six minutes Correct. and then i would have to leave and then come back 20 minutes later half about hour 40 to 60 minutes okay. after in between mm -hmm. so i'd have to come back so i just go and listen to a podcast or a book and the in my car something positive or something funny mm -hmm. then I'd come back and then put the coil back on or put the cap on put the coil back on so on and so forth little tap mm -hmm. and that was it the only there was no side effect for me mm -hmm. what whatsoever i did not have any pain i did not have any discomfort mm -hmm. the only thing that happened twice is my eye twitched mm -hmm. a little mm -hmm. bit and i yes. told who's the gentleman that's been on the podcast that does a lot of your meditation casey yes. he's been on there he was the one putting the coil on i mm -hmm. said hey my eye's twitching and he just adjusted it a little bit and the eye twitching stopped mm -hmm. so literally that was the only it's not even a negative, the only thing that hap happened. Exactly. So um, in researching a little bit further into TMS, I think the only thing that I see that could be a side effect, obviously you can tell me, is that some people say that there is a sensitivity in that spot, but mm -hmm. I didn't experience that in any way, shape, or form, not even slightly. Yes. It's not me being tough. I would tell you 100% because I only <laughs> want everyone to try it. Absolutely. Um, no, I'm, I'm, I'm very you know, happy to s hear that you didn't have any, any discomfort. That's great. Yeah. Everyone is different. Sure. Some people are very sensitive. So we need very little, you know, uh, pulses or uh, energy to stimulate the neurons. Some people need a lot. And that's when it might become more uncomfortable. They yeah. call it as a, as a woodpecker. Yep. It, it's a tapping, you know, and for some it's a baby tapping. For some it's a major 
woodpecker right. <laughs> in their head. So it not to, you know, yeah. misguide people for some is more intense, for some is not. But everyone tolerates it. I've never had to stop treatment because people wouldn't tolerate it. And at our center, we start very baby until they tolerate and they get comfortable with it. Yeah. But it's just a tapping. As the pulse goes through the skull to reach the neurons, it stimulates the muscles. So that's why the muscle might twitch. And, and right. it's normal. Okay. There's nothing you know, to worry about. It's only while the pulse is going and then the muscle stops. Right. It's like those TENS, machine, tens, mach tens machines at physical therapy. They stimulate the muscle. It's similar to that. But it's really benign and it's really not a big deal. Sometimes if we can or it's too much, we adjust, move a millimeter or two millimeters and yeah. that releases um, the muscle sometimes and then that's it. Yeah. Then to kind of let the li listeners know, so during my treatment plan and I really do, it's just been a while. It's not that I, I just been a while. I forget whether it was three or four weeks or whatnot, but during that whole thing, one thing to let the listeners know is that I didn't, after the first treatment or second treatment or third day or fifth day, I didn't wake up and go, I feel amazing. <laughs> Life's <laughs> awesome. I'm, I'm so happy so every happy. day of my Everything's life. Everything's <laughs> great. I love myself. Wasn't like that in any way, shape, or form. It literally was the only thing that happened. It just slowly like decalcifies Lifts. that brain. And mm -hmm. one thing that I realized is that towards the end of my treatment is that I went in and I was starting to make jokes with Casey and I walked out and I was like, oh, like wow. I'm starting to be <laughs> me again because that's right. that's kind of my my personality despite some of the um, heavy, profound things that we talk about on the podcast. Mm -hmm. I just want to make a joke all the time. And mm -hmm. a lot of times I think I'm hilarious and I am not at <laughs> all. I am so dumb with my jokes. I I don't have kids, but I have so many dad jokes. You know, and so I remember walking in there and I remember I gave him a hug and I just hug everybody, you know, hugged you. I haven't seen you in a year and a half or something. Yeah. First thing I did, hug you and that, I'm just a hugger. And I walked out of your office going, oh, I actually kind of feel happy right now. It Aww. wasn't like a, oh my God. It was just like, oh, just a little realization. Yes. So it was just, and once again, it was because of everything that I was doing in addition to it. Mm -hmm. But it was just a slow kind of progression Correct. but just all of all of a sudden i just had that realization like oh i don't feel as bad anymore i don't feel so down on myself mm -hmm. i don't hate myself so much mm -hmm. i don't think i'm so ugly anymore i don't think i'm so broke i don't think all these bad yeah. things yep. i just started to be kind of myself again and it was Correct. like a such a weight lifted off mm -hmm. and then from there keeping up with some of the other things that I've done, meditation, eating right, um, working out, having progression, things to progress in my life for myself, not for anybody mm -hmm, else, mm -hmm. which I think is so huge. Yes, I've increasingly exponentially gotten back to myself and even happier than I was before Correct. the depression started. Oh, nice. But it's so different. I can't even tell you that person that was in your office. I don't even know that person anymore like i but the one thing is and the good thing is is that i understand that i could be that person again mm -hmm. and that's really really valuable to know Correct. even though it's a dark thought it's really valuable to know that i could be that person again but i'm so far removed correct and i'm such in a better place because of you and because of tbs and because 
of your treatment and yes. the other things involved with it. So it's a life changing yes. procedure. It I is. Mean, it's it's, it's honestly, I, I wish everyone knew about it yeah. and knew how benign it is and how effective it is and would just explore and try it because your story, we have many patients that have gone through that. And I love how you explained it because some people expect that it would be like you said, I'm the happiest person in the world. Like, yeah. like all of a sudden, you know, everything is happy and beautiful every day. And, and for some people it is that way, but it's not the case for everyone. How you explain it is exactly how it happens. You remember we used to do a questionnaire, mm -hmm. right? Yep. To, to oh, track yeah, yeah. the symptoms, right? So in, in that questionnaire, there's many questions. And if you remember, you may not, but it's usually you feel bad every day. You have yeah. bad days every day where you don't think highly of you, where you don't eat or don't sleep or just sad and all those things, right? As you continue to do TMS, before it's every day, you're in the hole basically, right? Yep. As you start to do TMS, you start to notice you have less bad days, some good days. Yep. Oh, now I have another good day. And you start to have less bad days. It's yeah. not overwhelming as it was before. And you may have a bad day for sure. You know, it's like, so who doesn't? Exactly. Yeah. But you start to have more good days. And that's how TMS works. For some people, it's a switch. Yep. And they are happy on top of the mountain. But some people are able to cope with yeah. life when they couldn't before. Yep. And that's, that's important for people to understand. Because sometimes they come to the expectation that I'm going to be the happiest person in the planet after the, I, I do TMS yeah. and nothing is going to bother me. And, and it's not the case. Right. You are just the best in the best spot you can be. Your, your brain functions optimally and then you can cope with whatever comes. But yeah. Anyway. Yeah. It's, it's funny. I was reading something uh, a while back about Freud and Freud, the great, um, psychologist, everyone mm -hmm. knows him. All that before, when he was coming over to the United States, all the reporters were up like, "Hey, Mr. Dr. Freud, Dr. Freud, what are you looking to get over there? What are you looking to do? What's 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 the deal?" And he goes, "I want to find out if there is a true difference between discomfort and true pathology." Mm -hmm. And said that another way is that life is going to hurt and going to suck. Mm -hmm. It's part of life. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't mean that you have to have some sort of, there's not like a medication that you have to have for that. Right, Sometimes exactly. it just, and that's what I've learned now going back is like, sometimes when I go through things, I go, hey, this is just life. And sometimes I go, hey, I need to reach out and talk yes. to a therapist or talk to a yes. friend or talk to something or go do an exercise or go do something that makes mm -hmm, me feel good. Mm -hmm. But that's a, the other thing that I got out of this whole thing is like I when I have negative thoughts, one, I recognize them, mm -hmm, which mm -hmm. is so valuable. Huge, so valuable. Once you can recognize them, correct. then you can do the things that you taught me, things exactly. that Casey, meditation. Exactly. That's your awareness yes. working for you. Exactly. That's the tools that yeah. you learn. Yep. And that's what is so important, not just to do TMS, but learn every tool that you have yeah. for the rest of your life. Because you will have bad days. You will have struggles going forward. We all do. Yeah. And there's not one day that I don't apply all my mindfulness tools that honestly have changed my life. In the past seven years that I started to learn yeah. about mindfulness and whatnot, 
that's what I use every single day. Yeah. Um, so that that's good. I think that really paints an amazing picture for TMS. I had some other questions for you, just in a broad general perspective, in yes. your opinion, from a doctor. So obviously, when people come to you, you kind of see, I'll just using myself, you see a patient more or less at their worst. Mm -hmm. But one thing that I'm, that I've been thinking about a lot is, so you have somebody like myself, and this isn't a pat myself on the back or be narcissistic, but if you have somebody, even somebody that hasn't been in your your office or hasn't been to therapy or sitting there at home going, I am depressed, I have anxiety, I have these thoughts and is aware of it, I feel like they are, I don't know, for lack of a better vocabulary, a step above some individuals in our current day because I think so many times as we get older, we get so good at lying to ourselves. Mm -hmm. And with one of the, some of the other things in the World Health Organization says that symptoms of depression can be insomnia, overeating, mm -hmm. loss of appetite, but then also things like watching four hours of TV a day could be a symptom. Right. Having four drinks a day, and I and I and I drink even right now, even after all that, I still right. still do. So I'm not knocking it, but I think. Do you think that some people are unaware Completely. that they're in depression because we get so Completely. good at lying to ourselves, especially as we get older, we're in a profession. I right. am a regional vice president of this company. Right. I am a, I am a lawyer. I am a this. Like, I'm, I'm I on don't, top of the world. <laughs> I don't have depression. I'm just a little frustrated right now. Exactly. Do you think Absolutely. there's more people that don't know that they are quote unquote depressed? Completely. Yeah. Yes. Like you said, we, we learn to pretend everything is wonderful. I'm fine. Everything's okay. And if, if you think about it as humans, we all struggle. We all have struggles, right? And with those struggles, we learn to self-medicate yes. with food, Netflix, alcohol. You know, it's, it's funny when patients come to me and they tell me what they do, I know what they suffer from. Right. If if they're drinking, then I know what they're medicating for. Or if they're doing cocaine, then I know what they maybe have depression. Maybe or if they like do the marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. But in general, we we all have struggles and we all have a way of coping yeah. with those struggles. For me, is watching movies, you know? Me too. Doing a show, Netflix, or, you know, something. That's yeah. how I disconnect my brain when I had a tough day. Yeah. For somebody else, might be having a cocktail, right? I used to drink martinis, you know, because delicious. it's delicious and you relax and it's wonderful. But in a way, we are using things to cope with whatever our struggles are. Yeah. It could be depression, it could be anxiety. And a lot of people don't even realize what anxiety is depression i think if it's mild they may not realize yeah. you're right you're just in bed watching tv you don't want to get out you don't yeah. want to talk to people and that's very common anxiety most people suffer from anxiety no not anxiety but a good number of people have anxiety that is mild and it's you know you can cope perfectly fine yeah. once it starts to get to a point where they can't manage it themselves that's when they go to the doctor but we all have a certain degree of anxiety. So it's really good to know what the symptoms and the signs are. And also it's good to know yourself and find which coping mechanisms you're using. And if they're benign, yeah, some people go out with friends to connect with friends. That's great. 
But if it's you start to see that your coping mechanisms are maybe hurting you a little bit, that's when you want to really take a look yeah. at yourself and say, what what is going on with me? What am I doing to myself or what are my coping mechanisms yeah. and can I, you know, replace them for something that's healthier? And I think that's where that mindfulness comes in because Completely. when you really start yes. to get a practice of mindfulness, you go, okay, what's going, what's going on here? And your mind's okay. going to raise, your mind's going to raise, and then you go, okay, all right, you've eaten like shit the past seven days. <laughs> you haven't been, been to the gym. You're slacking off at work. Okay, how about let's, yeah, spiral, spiral, spiral. spiral. Okay, yes. today, this next breakfast, I'm going to eat an avocado and some eggs or whatever. I'm just Protein. one thing. And mm-hmm. then all of a sudden that good um, action begets another one, begets another one. Then all of a sudden you start to spiral in the right way. Exactly. And it all starts with that mindfulness of knowing, okay, what's what's going on? What am I truly? Stop a minute Yes. and look at yourself and really yeah. spend a minute with yourself, which sometimes we often don't do. We don't have yeah. time, right? Quote, unquote. I'm Sometimes so proud we're of you. Of it too. Exactly. You know, we, we don't want uh, to absolutely. face it. Some people <clears throat> say, um, my mind is like a bad neighborhood. I wouldn't dare go in there alone. Uh-huh. Right? So it's it's so amazing that you are using all the tools. I'm yeah. so proud of you. Oh. you. I'm so proud of you. You're so awesome. You, you still remember. Yeah. You remember the tools. You're quoting, you know, all the things that we that we recommend that, that are so useful. Yes. And, and you're doing exactly the right thing. You're stopping. Let me recognize, right? Rain, yep. right? Recognize what's, what's coming. Yeah. Allow for it to happen. And, and that's such a wonderful self-exploration. That's when you really start to, to get to know yourself. Yeah. And when you know yourself, you can help yourself. Yep. Right? It's, I'm yeah, so proud I can't. The, so there's two things with this podcast. We're talking out, out front with it about it is that one of the things is when I was in that depths of despair, I don't want anybody on the face of the planet to have a nanosecond in oh, that God. space. And unfortunately, like I talked about in the beginning of the podcast, all the graphs are going in the wrong direction. Right. They're all going up. So I think it's even more like, it makes me more like, okay, I need to do even more to try to help as many people and mm-hmm. get this out, not for my own glitz and glamour. I don't give a rat's ass about that, but to help Absolutely. those people. And the other thing that I haven't figured out and I have no clue how to do it, but the feeling of being proud of yourself mm-hmm. is single-handedly the best feeling on the face yeah. of the planet yeah. and it will make you a better person mm-hmm. it'll make you a better spouse mm-hmm. it'll make you a better friend a better citizen a better business person yeah. a better businesswoman it'll make you better in every area of your life if mm-hmm. you're actually proud of yourself and when you do something for yourself and only for yourself not for instagram not for anything like that and you really can look in those times of mindfulness and go, you did really good today. Mm-hmm. It is simply the best feeling on the face of the freaking planet. Mm-hmm. And I hope, I hope somehow, some way I can give that or help somebody feel that. That's all that I, I think I, you I already want. are. I hope so. <laughs> I think you are <laughs> by doing this alone. You're, you're, you're giving a good option to people that have no options. Yeah. The knowledge that you're that you're spreading to them is priceless. 
I can tell you everyone I think either has a little anxiety or knows someone who has anxiety or depression. Yeah. It's, it's becoming such a big problem right now. And like we talked about kids, teenage kids, young adults, all these people I think are going into an area with, with no tools. Yeah. And unfortunately the electronics epidemic is not helping them yeah. cope. So if if you can save those kids, you know, yeah. to, to be aware, to start knowing that there are other things, if they, they can learn tools. Yeah to help themselves wow yeah yeah and i think just on that on that topic so i love that every single thing all social media exists i and i'm excited for whatever's coming next Mm -hmm. but if we give just like you said if we give the especially the younger generation the tools to once they are scrolling through instagram and they see that just using little girls they see that model and go oh i don't look like that but then if you have the tools to go, that's okay. That's okay, yes. <laughs> because it's not what you see, it's how you internalize it. Exactly. Is the issue. And the thing is we haven't given people the tools on how to internalize Correct. those issues. And so since social media and electronics are not going away, they're only gonna get more invasive. Correct. So let's figure out how to give them the mental tools Exactly. To deal with that so it doesn't have that gnarly exactly. effect. Exactly. It doesn't affect them as much because there's so much judgment yes. that they're exposed to at a very early age when they shouldn't be, that they have an inner battle yep. and they're fighting it on their own. Yep. It's really, really sad. And also to break the stigma of mental health, yes. like you said, is mental health, if, if this is not okay, nothing else is. Nope the body's not going to be okay. So I think mental health now we're being more open to alternative therapies to talk about it, right? I need help. I need tools. That's it. Who doesn't need tools to cope with life in a better way? Right? I think everyone. And that's what mental health is. It's just having tools. It doesn't necessarily mean drugs. I think that that stigma and that assumption that if you're going to see a medical or a mental health professional they're going to give me drugs no yeah. well at least not if you come to us we, we wouldn't necessarily give you drugs I'm, I'm a primary care physician and i have psychiatrists in my office and therapist but i'm not a psychiatrist i treat patients in a different way with a lot of alternative therapies yeah. so knowing that mental health does not equal drugs Yes. It's a huge thing. Yeah. TMS is non-drug. There's a lot of alternative alternative therapies that don't require any drugs. Yeah. You you, you can just talk <clears throat> to someone to, yeah. to a few times and, and that can actually make you feel better, just that alone. Yep. Yeah, I know I said this before, but it's really no different mental health and physical health. If you saw a 700-pound person out in the gym Mm-hmm. walking on the treadmill you'd be like heck yeah awesome great job nobody in the history of ever would be like you're broken or you're right. you're less than or or oh you have a disease no one right. would ever do that right but for some reason when you go i'm going to a therapist or i'm going to go do tms or something there's that stigma so hopefully we've broken cracked poked <laughs> at prodded a little bit on this podcast here um i know we're running up on time but before we do that let everybody know where, how can we get a hold of you? Absolutely. Where are you located? What's your Instagram, email, phone number? 
to your um, facility absolutely all, all the instagram and and things like that i'm i don't know my office manager manages yeah. that <laughs> i wish i knew but um we are located in costa mesa okay california our office is in uh, bristol 2900 bristol street building b suite 205 and 203 and our phone number is 855-867-5551 that's where i see uh, my patients our website is tmshealthandwellness.com and that's where we see the core of our patients i also see patients in los alamitos okay on catella um at a different office there but i, I just go there twice a month okay um so that's that's our office Perfect. in Costa Mesa. And I'll put everything in the show notes. So if you're listening, just click Wonderful. on the show notes and go see Dr. Epila, Epili, sorry, and get yourself some TMS. And I just have one question for you. And it's a personal question. Oh. How do you build your self-worth? Hmm. Well, I think since I'm a doctor, <laughs> my my passion is to help others and has always been. It gives It just gives me great joy when I help someone and yeah. tells me, wow, I feel much better. Um, I think doing what I do is, is my passion in life. Um, my family, of course, as well. But having mindfulness into my life is, is what's really changed a lot of things in my life, how yeah. I see myself, how I see people in general. I cannot tell you how much more compassion I have for everyone. Yeah. And, and it's, uh, I heard from someone that compassion is a skill. And I was so excited Yeah. because I thought, wow, that means we can learn. Anyone can learn how to be compassionate. I thought people were compassionate or not. Right. And that's what we teach. And that's yeah. to me exciting. I think mindfulness has really changed my life. Yeah. Well, it's definitely changed mine. So I, I never know. I have a couple other friends. I never know what to do. It's, we're we're officially friends, so hate to break it to you. So <laughs> do I still call you Doctor Epley? No, you do don't have call to. Claudia, I'm not, not sure. Absolutely. Um, but nonetheless, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, I'd really appreciate thank you, for you inviting the, me. The time, like I said before. Period. End of story. You saved my life. Aww, period. There is no God. other way around it. There's no no other. I can't say anything else other than that. Aww. Is that you and your um, center and the people in there helped me and I would not be here and I would not be doing this podcast. I would not be trying to help people. I would not be, I would not be the husband that I'm trying oh, to be or the friend that I'm God. trying to be. But I'm so proud of you. Yeah. And, and right now you're helping so many others. You should be so proud of yourself. Yeah. I'm certainly so proud of you. And I really thank you for what you're doing. Awesome. Alrighty. Everybody remember, be kind to yourself. Oh.